Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness. To keep listening to Wicked Darkness with Sue Pit Paranormal, please make sure to follow us. If you want to see more of us, give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, as well as your... your yeah, that's not what you're supposed to say. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness with Sue Pit Paranormal. To keep listening to us, please make sure to follow us. If you want to see us, no, that's not what you want. Okay, we're going to do this again. Blah, 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 blah. To keep listening to Wicked Darkness with Sue Pit. Okay, there we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness. To keep listening to us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, as well as our YouTube channel, and give us a like. Yeah, you're just improvising. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week. Um... Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness. Wicked Darkness, why can't you say that? Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness. To keep listening to Wicked Darkness. Fudge. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness. Please make sure to follow us so you can keep listening to our episodes. If you want to see more of us, give us a like on Facebook and Instagram, as well as our YouTube channel, Sue Pit 2009. And scene. Hi, I'm Kathy. I'm your host. Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Darkness. With me tonight, I have my fellow Soup Pit investigators. I have Amy, Leah, Brian. How you guys doing? Good evening. Fine. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I putting this together. I realize this is episode number thirteen for us. Thirteen. And we are po- posting this one the week of Halloween. <laughs> so what a better way to do it, because we had talked about it the la- last episode. We're going to do some spooky tales. Um, so, um, yeah. So you guys came up with some that you found? Yes. I know you guys were kind of not sure if you were going to be able to find anything. I wasn't sure what to do. I There's... I didn't know from if I should do a real one, you know, mm-hmm. a myth one, or I just wasn't sure what to do. And I was kind of looking all over the place and I kind of came up with one being from Chicago. So I went that route. So, nice. Nice. Yeah. So me personally, <clears throat> I found one that I was, I was reading a book and it was a very short one. But it was interesting. And then I was going through and on the internet and I came across something on the news and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So I clicked on it and it was from Sheboygan Press. And Sheboygan is here in Wisconsin, um, north of us. And um, it was supposed to be about kindergartners coming up with a ghost story. Oh. And I'm like, that's so cute. How about I tell this little kindergartner's ghost story on this episode? Um, and it was it was kind of cute. I, I liked it. Um, but I thought, it's appropriate. It's Halloween time. Why not? So who wants to start? Wow, you guys are really... <laughs> I don't care. I, I suppose I. How long you want this going? Whatever you want, however long you want. There's no time restraint on this. All right. All right. I'll start. All right. 
My name's Brian. I'm one of the investigators with Supit. Uh, being from Chicago, I've heard about this story years ago. It's a uh, southwest side of Chicago. Everyone from Chicago has heard about it. I don't know about so many people up here, but it's the famous Resurrection Mary ghost story. Kathy had said she even went down there a while ago and did some snooping around herself. And her and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. I did. So, I did. Yeah. Without further ado, here's what I found on Resurrection Mary. Just southwest of Chicago on Archer Avenue in Justice, Illinois, across the street from Resurrection Cemetery is a bar called Chet's Melody Lounge. Chet's is a classic roadside tavern with a pool table, jukebox, popcorn machine, and large clientele of bikers. But Chet's has an unusual tradition. Every Sunday, the staff leaves a Bloody Mary at the end of the bar for a ghost. The ghost's name is called Resurrection Mary, and she has haunted this stretch of Archer since the 1930s when she picked up young men dancing to the Bay Big Bands at the O. Henry Ballroom. An old South Sider named Vince was, was telling his Resurrection Mary story to paranormal investigators half a century after it happened. When he did, he sounded just as haunted as he'd been, had he'd been the night he met the ghost. Before he went out dancing that evening, Vince put on his favorite double-abreasted gray number with squared-off shoulders and his most colorful tie with the red Hawaiian hula girls in the gray, in grass skirts. He cruised Archer Avenue with the top down on his Chevy Cabriolet. Nice car. The night was warm, and he'd slick his hair back with enough brill cream to keep the wind from messing it up. The O. Henry Ballroom was going to be jumping as it was always on Saturday nights. Vince had danced some of the biggest bands all of the time: Tommy Dorsey, Artie Shaw. Tonight was uh, tonight was just Chet and his merry men from the South Side of Chicago that was playing that evening. Inside the ballroom, Vince spent the first half hour downing enough Cuba Libras. I've never even heard of that and smoking enough Lucky Strikes to work up courage to ask a girl for a dance. By the time the band got started on jumping at the woodside, he was in a bold state of mind. Spotting a pretty blonde girl in a white dress, he said as casually as one could manage, hey, it ain't right to stand still here for Count Basie. Why don't we cut a rug on this one? The girl smiled, and they joined the jitterbug throng on the parquet floor. The band played a few fast numbers, so Vince didn't get a chance to talk to his partner very much. That he, But he didn't mind too much. Sometimes the girls asked what he did for a living. He was a bookkeeper at the Union Stockyards, even though, and then that's the slaughterhouses for people that didn't know. Even though he didn't work anywhere near the slaughterhouse, that gave some girls the willies. When the band seemed to play Begin the Begwine Begin, Vince was finally able to get close to his partner. Her name was Mary, and she lived, she said, on Damon Avenue in the Brighton Park neighborhood. This wasn't far from where Vince lived in the house he shared with his parents, something else he didn't like to tell the girls. As they slow dance, he noticed for the first time the girl's hands were cold, her skin brittle. Mary seemed to notice that he noticed, so he made what he hoped was a lighthearted remark. Cold hands mean you have a warm heart. Mary smiled, and they danced together for the rest of the evening. After the final number, Vince offered Mary a ride home. Her place was just a, was just straight-up Archer. But after they had driven north for a few miles, Mary insisted he pull the car over outside the locked gates of Resurrection Cemetery, the graveyard of Chicago's Polish community. Vince was baffled, but he complied. Mary opened the door and stepped out onto the roadside. I have to go, and you cannot follow me, she said. Then she walked towards the gates, laid a hand on the iron chain that bound the gates together, and vanished. Vince spent the rest of the night driving his Chevy up and down Archer Avenue, looking for a blonde girl in a white dress. He drove until dawn, and then, when the cemetery gates opened, drove through the rows of tombstones engraved with crosses and angels' names such as Bukowski, Gwarzda, and Peterzak, all Polish names. He was Im impelled not to simply by the he was impelled not simply by the mystery of having seen a ghost, but by the hopes that the girl he had danced with was not a ghost. 
that he could dance with her again on some future night, catching no sight of Mary, he decided finally to drive to the address she had given him before they got in the car. It was a brick bungalow on a street of nearly identical houses separated by concrete gangways a few feet wide. Only the adornments on the porches and in the yards, an American flag, the statue of the Virgin, and a half bathtub differentiated the dwellings. Vince rang the doorbell. His eyes were red with sleepiness. His dark beard had not been shaven for a day, kind of like mine, and his hair had fallen loose over his forehead. The middle-aged woman answered the door, looked startled by the young caller's dishevelment. She even looked more startled when Vince asked, Is Mary home? Mary does not live here anymore, said the woman, who looked old enough and enough like Mary to be her mom. Mary died in a car accident four years ago. Who are you? I knew Mary in high school. Vince lied. It was only the plaus- it was the only plausible story for why he had been unaware of her death. And you didn't know, the mother replied. I went to college downstate and after I graduated, he said, that wasn't that that wasn't true. He intended Illinois State University in normal. I just moved back to Chicago, he said. Looking past a woman who was still blocking the doorway, Vince spied a framed photo resting atop a piano in the front room. It was the girl he danced with the night before, an ever youthful face, never to age, the face of a ghost. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, the woman said. Mary went out dancing with some boys she worked with at Brock's, Brock's Candies, but they never made it to the dance hall. One of the boys crashed the car into the L at Wacker and Lake. Mary was thrown through the windshield and died on the way to the hospital. I'm sorry to hear that, Vince said, retreating down the stairs, and I'm sorry for your loss. If you want to visit Mary's grave, the woman added, she's buried at Resurrection Cemetery. Vince never returned to the old Henry Ballroom or to Resurrection Cemetery again. He never learned Mary's last name and could not have located her tombstone. In fact, he was so shaken by having danced with a ghost that he never set foot in the dance hall again. But Resurrection Mary, as the girl's ghost came to be known, continued to haunt Archer Avenue. When the Big Band era ended after the war, Mary rested quietly in her grave because the music she hoped to dance to on her final night among the living was no longer heard at the O. Henry. But in the 1970s, her ghost rose again. Two more paragraphs. Mary's family, not being wealthy, had buried her in a term grave. I've never heard of that. A rented plot that only held remains for a quarter quarter century. By the time the term expired, all of Mary's loved ones had joined her in the cemetery, leaving no one alive to renew it. During a renovation, Mary's coffin was removed to an unmarked grave in a remote corner of the cemetery. One night, a suburban police officer received the report of a woman in a white dress walking through the grounds of Resurrection Cemetery. When he arrived at the gates, he found two bars pried apart with scorch marks where a pair of hands would have gripped them. The following year, a couple driving down Archer Avenue saw a girl wearing the same white dress laying in the street. The man at the wheel swerved to avoid her, but she disappeared before his tires could make contact. In the 1990s, the owner of Chet's Melody Lounge was pulling out of his driveway when he saw a man running up the road, waving desperately. I need to use your phone, the man said in a stricken voice. I hit a woman back there, but I can't find her body. She was a blonde woman in a white dress, the owner asked. How did you know? That was Resurrection Mary. Don't worry, you didn't hit anyone. You saw a ghost. Despite the reappearances on Archer Avenue, Mary has yet to drink the Bloody Mary at Chet's. When a ghost roaming your neighborhood, though, you have to be ready to soothe her restless spirit. Nice. That's, you know, that's a very famous, famous ghost story from Chicago. Yeah. I've never heard that term grave before. Right. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the last part you were talking about where the cop was seeing her walk through the cemetery. Yes. And that the bars were pried apart. And you had talked about me going there. So a little back story of me going there. We kind of talked about it before, but my friend and I many, many years ago, like 20 years ago now decided, you know what? It's a Friday night. We got nothing else to do. Let's go down to Chicago 
and let's go see if we can see a ghost. So we decided to go down to Archer Avenue. We also decided to go to Bachelors Grove the same night. Um, but driving down Archer Avenue, we we're looking for Resurrection Mary. Well, we never saw her. The, the, the reason we probably didn't see her, what they say is that she only appears when there's a, a man in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the two of us. However, while we were going down the road, my glove compartment decided that it was going to pop open and scare the crap out of both of us as I swerved only for that. Um, but we pulled up to Resurrection Cemetery and we wanted to see about the bars. And sure enough, on the gate of the cemetery, which was closed because it was well past midnight, um, there are two bars that are different colors than the rest of the bars. Hmm. They were supposedly changed out because they did have, um, the rumor is that they did have, um, her hands, like the fingerprints scorched into the metal, the wrought iron bars. And so the archdiocese said, we need to get rid of these. This is just the, too disturbing. So they had them um, cut out and replaced with new bars. And because of that, that's why those two bars are different colors than the rest of the gate. Imagine those bars. How uh, cool would that be? Right? You know, oh my God. But, um, you know, it's supposed to be where she walks down the road and kind of like the hitchhiker story too. Um, and, and there's so many different versions of Resurrection Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did she die in a car accident? Did she die with a carriage and a horse, you know, and that rolled over on top of her? See, like this one had said too, because I agree with you on that one, because this one had said they hit the L track, you know, an abutment of the L tracks. Mm-hmm. I had heard she got hit by a hit and run driver and the driver took off. So there's two completely different stories right there. Right, you know? right. And like most places, I'm sure in um, other parts of the country, there's probably something very similar to our version of Resurrection Mary. Mm-hmm. Is is it a real person? We don't know because she doesn't have a marker. And we did go into the cemetery um, a few years later as a team and try looking to see maybe we could find it. That is a huge, huge yeah. cemetery. Yep. Um, actually, uh, there's a picture that I took of um, two of our other team members that were on at the time and my sons, and they looked exhausted. <laughs> they were just like sitting in front of a mausoleum, like on the stairs, and they were just sopping wet from sweat because we're trying to go through and see if we could find, you know, her, her resting um, place and we couldn't find it, but it was just, um, it was I, I couldn't even imagine this being as big as it really is. Um, and I know the restaurant area that they talk about in this story, too. Um, and that was closed when we were there. I don't know yeah, if it's you, still there or not. You were saying, too, about the hitchhiking. I heard that 30 years ago that mm-hmm. she supposedly is hit, supposed to be hitchhiking, mm-hmm. only looks for men, just like mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. She gets in the back of the, supposedly gets in the back of the car, and she tells you to drop her off at the cemetery and yes. the old Illinois Chicago folklore. If you drive past the t- cemetery, she screams and bolts out of the car. Yeah. That's and then if you see years. her on the side of the road, she's glowing in a white dress. Yep. But when you drive past her, you know, you see her flowing hair from behind. But when you drive past her, there's no face. Yeah. It's it's blank. A blank. It's like a black face. There's no um, nose, no eyes, no, no face at all. Um, but who knows? I, I, I would love to, uh, see her someday, but she's I'm right not there. a guy. So she's not going to appear to me, but she's right there. Cool. Yeah. See yeah. Uh-huh. See her. <laughs> Computers are magic. There she is. Uh-huh. There she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I will tell the story, the, the kindergartner story. I like um, that. And, um, and because uh, I've got a couple that I can read, but um, this one here was kind of cute. It was a little ghostly tale. They were, they were looking for like the top seven in um, uh, the school system. And this one, we'll just call her um, CW. 
Um, but she went to Kohler Elementary. Um, but the story is called The Cold Night. So The Cold Night, uh, the library was especially cold that evening. I took an elevator and I noticed there was a window in it that was wide open. Weird, I thought. I rode the elevator down to the basement because I had to go potty. The elevator went slow and it made a creaking sound that reminded me of a witch's voice. The elevator door opened and I could not believe my eyes. There was snow everywhere. Just then, a witch popped out of the snow pile. I yelled, Who are you? The witch said, My name is Rotten Book. I am the witch that lives in the basement of the library, and I am the one who made it snow by sliding the window down inside the elevator. I like it cold, she said. I was scared, but I still had to go potty. So I ran past the witch as fast as I could, and I made it safely to the bathroom. I went potty. Then I noticed another window above the sink in the bathroom, but I couldn't reach it. I flipped the uh, garbage can over, and I stood on it. But it broke, because it was plastic. Now, the witch heard the garbage can break and then came into the bathroom to find me. I I started uh, to pile up the snow around the window so that I could climb out. Just then, the red-eye flusher on the potty saw the witch and started to flush. She stepped forward to see the loud flushing machine and feel uh, in the toilet. Just as she was getting uh, flushed down, I climbed up on the pile of snow and got out of the window above the sink. The end. How cute is that? (coughs) I love it. Little kindergartners. I love it. I know it's not very scary, but that's what she had. It was cute. The mind of a child. Right? All right. So I, mine isn't super long, but I also had, um, I wasn't sure, like I said before, if we needed to do like a, you know, ooh, really well known or whatever, but um, there's so many cool things out there right now. Um, As far as ghost stories go, it was hard for me to choose, but I have always been fascinated by the Titanic. So I kind of went with this one and, you know, they, in a couple of the things I looked at, um, they used allegedly a lot. So I'm not sure how many people have actually stated these, you know, findings um, or, you know, how many people are claiming to um, have seen anything at all. So I'm just going to start. And uh, once again, all of these tales are allegedly out there on the internet. Um, But I think it's cool because I've always been into the Titanic. Everything on the internet's true. Everything. (laughs) Everything. Every Every single thing you read is true. Yes, absolutely. So I just went with it because I think it would be cool and whatever. So, okay. So obviously, as we all know, the Titanic sank in April of, um, April 14th, 2000, I'm sorry, 1912. And about 1500 people died. So um, the ship was basically unnoticed until about, uh, I think it was 1985. but that is kind of, these are facts we already know. So what mm-hmm. I did dig up was um, there's a lot of people that when they're on a cruise or they're in that area around where the original shipwreck took place, people claim to, um, they claim that they can hear voices. They claim that, um you know, at night, there's a lot of orbs in the sky, which I don't know how that would even be possible in the middle of nowhere. Clearly in the middle of the North Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know how, but they claim it looks like fireflies sometimes in the sky. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting and it would be really cool if you did really see that. Right. Um, And uh, let's see, I have a couple notes here. People also claim that, um, 
if they're in a submarine, the signal is blocked. And um, a lot of people have picked up voices on recordings anywhere on a ship that they cannot explain on their phones or whatever, if they're taking video, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, allegedly. And allegedly. Um, we also all know uh, Edward Smith, the captain, went down with the ship, right? And um, mm -hmm. so the first thing I found was that um, his former housekeeper had a few of his belongings after he passed. You know, clearly she wasn't working for him anymore. And they probably cleaned out his house. And um, she actually had the mirror that he had in his old house. And she always claimed that she could see him in the mirror. And... Um, oh. So I thought that was kind of cool. There was a little conversation in a handwritten letter between this woman, the housekeeper and her sister about how, you know, she swears when she looks in the mirror, she can still see him. Now, whether that is her seeing a ghost or her just remembering him looking in the mirror, walking out the door, I'm not really sure. But of course, they're claiming that she could see his ghost. And I just kind of thought that was cool. Just, um, you know, we always hear about objects also carrying any kind of... Um, some kind of transfer and so I thought that was kind of cool well mirrors are supposed to be the gateway to yeah. the other side so when yeah. people would die they would cover the mirrors so that the the um spirit was not trapped or anything they couldn't um so I mean that'd be kind of cool if as that's actually what she was seeing was you know Captain Smith's image in the mirror right right so that was one of the earlier ones but um then, so in Belfast, Ireland, there is a Titanic museum and um, there was a woman there that claimed that she had a hand on her shoulder and Captain Smith whispered in her ear, like comforted her because she was so upset about just, you know, it's so emotional seeing the shipwreck and everything that happened. And she was almost kind of having a little bit of a panic attack and you know, someone put a hand on her shoulder and whispered in her ear, like, everything's going to be okay. Um, so that was, you know, that was kind of a cool thing too. And whether or not that is also like a, some kind of transfer from any objects in there. Um, the home he grew up in, people claim to have any renters or buyers claim to have cold spots all over the house. They claim to hear weird noises that is beyond house settling. So I thought that was really cool. But, you know, remember, all these stories are kind of around Edward Smith. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool that it's a very specific person. Of course, he's the most famous person, right? Right. Um, so everyone may be, you know, embellishing these kind of things. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of neat because he, you know, he was supposed to retire after right. this Titanic thing. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like he really did get, you know... He got the raw end of the stick or whatever. I just feel bad for him. He could have retired. But, right. Um, Let's take a quick pause. Let's take a break. We're going to come back and I want to sit here and talk some more about Captain Smith. Perfect. So let's come back to this in just a minute. All right. So welcome back, guys. All right. So we were talking about the Titanic. And um, Brian, you said that you had been to Belfast. Yeah, I've been to I was. I'm just like AIM. I'm fascinated with, with the Titanic, too. And then what, what happens when you look down? When you look at the new, not the new, the Titanic Memorial Museum, mm -hmm. if you look at it from the top down, it's the shape of the White Star logo, which White Star Lines made the Titanic. Doesn't, they did that on purpose. Doesn't the front of it kind of look like, like the a ship glass itself? Sh yeah, yeah, the bow of the ship. Okay, yeah. so that is the museum that I'm thinking of? Yes. Because I watched yeah, a show that had it. It's in Belfast. It's, it's fascinating. So we're talking about Captain Smith and that he had um, visited somebody at the museum, yes. supposedly. Yep. yep. And then... Um, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So then, okay, so then my next one is, in 2018, um, a couple a selfie in a bar that was actually in Northern Ireland said um, Captain Smith showed up in a picture and the pub has some sort of connection to the Titanic. Of course, it didn't mention what, but 
it also has a lot of memorabilia and um so i don't know if there's any original artifacts or whatever but um they said as they were taking a picture they both felt something cold brush along their backs but um they didn't say anything to each other at the time because they didn't think anything of it until they looked at the picture later and then they admitted to each other allegedly that they had this cold spot but um you know it's one of those things if you would have felt it you would be like oh did you just get weird touch your back like I don't know if I would have said that right um, unless I would have remembered like you know I felt kind of cold taking that picture right um so then uh, as we were kind of talking about um in Las Vegas the Luxor Hotel has a lot of artifacts from the Titanic and I'm not sure if they still do oh. but um I did read that at one point they did have a mini um, museum going on there and one of the caretakers and a few of the former employees did say that there were a lot of strange sounds coming from there and um, people report, even guests report being touched. Mm -hmm. um, and the um, person who did this main interview basically talked about at night, he can hear an orchestra sometimes playing, which I thought was kind of cool because we all did also know if you don't know anything about the titanic that the orchestra everybody in the band played until they couldn't play anymore and they all lost their lives on the ship yeah um, they, so, they were able to find some of the instruments yeah yeah so the piano, that the violin too. i mm -hmm. thought how yeah. scary would that be hearing the band right so that's what i have but i thought that was really cool that um you know that there was something so i've i've done the have you done the titanic um, like it was in Chicago a yes. few years back. Did you guys do that yes, one? I did. We did it. Yeah. So when you go um to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, they have one that is there all the time, the yeah. exhibit. And unfortunately, it was in a fire like last year or the year oh, before. I, I don't remember. That. It was shortly after my son and um my future daughter-in-law went on it. Um and it that's the same one that was on the show. Uh, have you guys heard of Paranormal Caught on Camera? Yes. So they did an episode where there was a part of this Pigeon Forge Museum, Titanic Museum, where you, for people that haven't done it, what happens is like you, they give you like a passport at the beginning, and mm -hmm. it's got your name. It's it's somebody that was on the Titanic at the time, and then you find out at the end if you survived or if you perished and they have like this simulation of the iceberg that you can actually put your hand on it and it's just as cold as it is um if the it water. was in the water yeah. itself um so there was a spot in this museum in pigeon forge that they had a camera um security camera um which they normally have in these museums and stuff like that for their own personal use for the business to make sure that you know, there's nobody vandalizing or stealing anything. So the camera was um, on this group, this particular group that was coming through and doing the tour or whatever. And there is a woman. It's like a black shadow, but you can tell that it's a woman wearing period clothing because you could tell like the bigger dress and stuff like that. And she walks right past all these people that are there on the tour. And then there's like the... um the it would be like the side of the ship so um help me out here what are those windows called for the, the yes those so she's walking past that as she's walking there's a wall in front of her and she walks right into the wall like as if it was a door but it wasn't it was a wall and nobody had seen her come in nobody saw her leave nobody saw her go by it wasn't until they saw the camera later the footage that they saw this woman walk right through the group. Hmm. And I mean, she walked right behind somebody. You would think that if there was somebody behind you, you would have seen it out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. None of these people ever reacted to her. No, nobody ever saw her. So was she one of the people that had perished? Because they do have some of the stuff from the Titanic there. Um, I don't know. 
I'll be interested to find out because our family reunion next year is in Pigeon Forge. So maybe I'll just stop in there and see. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's, that'd Do- be cool. Is it, that's Dollywood too. I think. Yeah, Dollywood is down the street. Yeah. From mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. It's been a hot minute since I was there. Um, I went to Dollywood when they first opened. So it wasn't all that great back in the day. Um, but she just opened it at that point. Yeah. So it's a lot bigger now. But so know, is Pigeon Forge. So. I know our buddies at Ghost Adventures did an episode at the Titanic Museum mm-hmm. as well. And they were using an SLS just like they, like our buddy Debbie has. Mm-hmm. And they got activity on that, too. I think they thought it was a child, as I recall, mm-hmm. going through the wall and climbing all over. But they get they got plenty of stuff in that place as yeah. i as i recall too yeah well you know at our heritage museum here in racine we actually have a survivor from titanic her belongings on ex- on exhibit in the museum I had no is idea. that the one as i was saying in the last one when we were doing the ghost walk rich had told me the building what i don't know where it is the edge or what building but he said that's got relations to like the butler in of on the titanic he was telling me something he's like i want to go look at that place yeah um i'm not sure if it's that one because the heritage museum was originally the first racine library um so uh when you go in there it holds uh the mummy that uh, Mr. Horlick brought back from Cairo back in um, 1903. Uh, he had the original. mummy, Malty, yeah. um, had the mummy, and that was the name of it, is Malty the mummy, had it in its office. Um, and then eventually he donated it to the museum, hmm. or actually his family did. Um, but she, I cannot remember her name offhand, um, but the, the woman survived um, the the Titanic disaster, but her family members did not. Um, but they have her belongings there. Um, cool. So it, it was right when you walked in over by the desk, uh, the information desk, it was right there. I haven't been there in a little bit, so I don't know if it's still right there or not. Um, but it was, it was quite interesting to see all of it. It was like her, I want to say it was her, her boarding pass was there. Um, a suitcase type, bag um address and i don't know if it was her life jacket i don't remember offhand if it was a life jacket or not that they had um but stop down at the heritage museum and see if it's still in there it was on the first floor so i mean it was like literally when he walked up the stairs and walked into the place it was right there so um that's our little tie here in Racine to the Titanic disaster. Cool subject, game. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's yeah. a fascinating, it's tragic, but it's a fascinating subject. I was looking up, I had heard, I was just kind of looking it up. I had heard there were Egyptian artifacts on the Titanic as well when it sunk. And I was just looking that up and it says, it, a bunch of things on here said, was the Titanic sunk by a cursed mummy? That, that's another rumor flying around too. But I had I had heard that years ago that there were Egyptian artifacts on there too. I wouldn't doubt there was other stuff that was on the Titanic besides you know what the people brought on themselves. I mm-hmm. mean, they did do some shipping for them, so maybe I don't I don't know. Um, I was telling telling Amy and Leah that I have a book. Maybe I'll, I'll look into the book. It's got all the news articles and stuff like that from when it first came out into the newspaper um the headlines then and some uh, backstory of the people and then of course at the end when they were doing the trials and ismay who told them to you know heat up the boilers and let's go faster let's get our you know name in the paper well we got it anyway and then he jumped ship with everybody else instead of going down with the ship it was his idea and he decided to you know coward do the cowardly thing and jump in a ship and whatever but um every man for himself pretty much pretty much and i don't know if this is true that the person that was on the lookout that day um that spotted the iceberg or was supposed to spot the iceberg Mm -hmm. i did come across the fact that it said he hung himself i don't know if that's true like he survived 
that he hung himself later. I don't know if that is true or if that's a rumor. You know, I could. They didn't see have binoculars. No, yeah, he couldn't find them. Yeah, he couldn't find them. But that's I think exactly the guilt right. of everything—it's like the guilt of probably survivor's guilt. But then mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting too. And right. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. It's so I, I always watch a Titanic when it's that time. Like it, as corny as the movie is now that I'm watching it, you know, I'm like, how many times are you gonna say Jack and Rose? <laughs> right. Did you know that the movie is the exact length that the Titanic took to sink? Yes. To yeah. the minute. I, I that's fascinating. Yeah. Um right there. And then um Kate Winslet almost died filming yeah. it because she almost drowned. She almost drowned, yeah. When they were coming through the 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 hallway and the water gushed at her and mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, her mm-hmm. jacket got stuck and she couldn't get out and she went under the water and then they were able to finally loosen it and she was able to pop back up. But yeah, she almost drowned on set. Cool subject, game. Right. Good idea. One of my faves. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. <laughs> um, the one in yeah, purple's up next. Leah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us? Not a thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I like a good old ghost story, but I like the more the truer ones, I believe. So you guys are into the Titanic stuff, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm into um, I'm into a lot of different things, but I decided to go with I was. Going back and forth, should I talk about the ghost in England? Because um, I'm a big studier of the British monarchy, um, and I go a little bit crazy with that. Or do I want to do something in the States? And I decided to stay within the USA and talk a little bit about Gettysburg, Ooh. as I really enjoy Civil War. There you go. Yes. So I decided to bring up um, a quick story here. So don't mind me if I'm reading it. I know the story pretty well, but I decided to go ahead and just pull it up and read it. So it's easier for me to say. So when the Battle of Gettysburg began on July 1st of 1863, Mary Wade didn't feel like they were very safe as the war was waging just outside their house. So Mary packed up her family and took them to the home of her eldest Wade sister, Georgiana, Georgia Anna, which is a really weird name. Georgia Anna. Okay. Hmm. Thinking to be safer of the two homes, Jenny and her mother hmm. helped look after Georgia and her five-day-old son while there. Later in the afternoon, the Wades found themselves right in the middle of gunfire. In an unfortunate turn of events, the battle is now transitioned with them right in, right outside of Georgia's home. Staying calm, Jenny brought food and water out to the Union soldiers, all while helping care for her older sister and baby nephew through the remainder of the evening. It was later learned that over 150 bullets hit the Wade home. Artillery continued to rattle the duplex home going into the next day. The morning during a break in the crossfire, Jenny and her brother went outside to collect firewood. She returned inside to read the book of Psalms for a bit. After studying scripture, Jenny headed to the kitchen and began kneading dough so that she could provide the troops with bread. It was then a bullet crashed through the bedroom window, lodging itself in a bedpost mere inches away from Georgia and the baby boy. Selling without warning, Jenny was finishing up her dough and another bullet flew into the home, penetrated the two doors and hit Jenny in the back through her heart, killing her instantly. Upon seeing what happened, Georgia let out a scream and alerted Union soldiers outside. Running into the home, soldiers quickly escorted the remaining family members out back where they would be safe from the Confederate gunfire. After the South had retreated on July 4th, it was reported that Mary Wade finished Jenny's bread, making 15 loaves out of the very dough that her daughter had needed the morning she was killed. Soldiers then temporarily buried Jenny's body in the backyard using a coffin that was actually intended for Confederate General William Burksdale. Several months later, in January of 1864, Jenny's body was relocated to the German Reformed Church's cemetery. And almost two years after that, in November of 1865, she was moved yet again to the Evergreen Cemetery, where she remains at rest. Her monument was erected over the Evergreen grave in 1900, along with the American flag that flies today. The only other woman in that honor is the late Betsy Ross. Hmm. Um. It is said that you will find um, the same floors 
that were there then are there today. And you can actually still see stains from the blood of Jenny when she fell to the floor after being shot. There are photographs that have been taken from inside the home that some feature objects that kind of make you question whether or not Jenny's spirit has been captured. Um, there's EVPs there that can be played um, and you can hear a woman talking. And some witnesses have claimed to see her walking either in the home, in the kitchen, in the window, or wandering the yard outside as if she was still feeding the soldiers. Which I would believe simply because those energies have really lasted on the battlegrounds of Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been to the Jenny Wade house and just felt an incredible sadness because she was that um, civilian that had died. And I'm actually surprised that there was only that civilian death. I would have expected so many more with the the amount of um, gunfire and battle that took place right there. I agree. Um, There's a lot of energy in that whole area. Yeah. I I've been to Jenny Wade's house as well. Um, been to Gettysburg. Um, and I agree. Uh, Jenny, she's gotta be there. Um, I was kind of shocked though, uh, where the house was located at. I was not expecting it to be like surrounded by all these other businesses. I thought it was going to be like more out towards like the battlefields area, but thinking back to that time period, it probably was by itself at that point. Um, there wasn't that many businesses around um except for like down downtown area um but yeah i didn't actually do the did you do the tour of her home yep see i didn't do the tour i went inside did the i went in by the gift shop area and stuff like that took some pictures outside um but i didn't do the tour i think it was just time restraint at the time i couldn't do it Mm -hmm. um but i I I'm shocked too that there wasn't more deaths as far as the civilians go. Mm-hmm. Um because there was a lot of crossfire even yep. between the homes and stuff like that. Um uh, because they were saying that it, she was shot um it was supposed supposedly there was a sniper down the street from another building and it went through to her her home. Mm-hmm. Um and um and it was supposed to be the sniper was upstairs on in the attic area which most of them were up in the attic um but it was like across the street down like a few houses and stuff like that um but i don't see why she wouldn't be there i mean she was taken tragically um so quickly too yeah um and the you can when you go to gettysburg you can just feel it pulsating with the spirits Mm -hmm. um and they just they just last forever around there and uh, i mean i um i I told you guys about the time that we had at the the, uh hotel where the soldier walked right through our room Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then i had seen the confederate soldier on the battlefield um not that anybody else could see him i could see him um, and he was just shaking and wanted to go home, but he couldn't go home because Is that the one you said was cowering behind the rock. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, close to little bighorn area. It was in, in that area, um, which is right above devil's den, which is another famous haunted location of Gettysburg. I mean, pretty much anywhere you step in Gettysburg, it's, it's haunted. Hmm. Um, the place across the street where we went, it's like a little gift shop. Um, my kids wanted to, you know, for whatever reason, my, my kids wanted to get like the little, um, army guys, you know, those plastic ones that you can have like little battles with. They wanted to do a civil war one, but my, my younger sons, they wanted the Irish brigade. So we're trying to find the Irish brigade while we were there. Well, we were able to find it. Not knowing though that the um building right next to us, um, that one is actually haunted. Um, it was supposed to be a photography place, but uh they were 
filming years before that and um they had brought some of the extras back into downtown Gettysburg for them to stay and whatever and they came across going past this building they saw a funeral going on like a wake going on woman in uh, mourning you know she was in all black um there was a casket that was open um with the body of a soldier there um and they had people inside lights were on everybody thought that there was like this reenactment of this funeral and they're like well this is really strange you know they're walking past and like I don't know if this is supposed to be like this or not. And when they went back the next day, it was the regular shop and there was no um, table laid out, no casket there, no chair that the woman was sitting in crying the night before. Um, And it was kind of funny because like I had to go to the bathroom while we were at that store right next door to it. And you have to go through to the back of the building and then go down the stairs and there is a hallway. So you go down the hallway and to the left is the bathrooms. To the right is the other doorway to that building that supposedly had the funeral um, that people or the wake that people were seeing. And when I went into the bathroom, I just had this overwhelming feeling. And I didn't know that that was the, the building at that point. I didn't find that out until like the next day, but I had this overwhelming feeling that I need to get out of there, um, that it wasn't safe. And, um, it was just, and it wasn't like it was a scary dark hallway or anything. It was just like, I shouldn't be there. Um, that, you know, there was, I was a like the civilian, you need to get out. This is for the troops. You're not supposed to be in here type thing. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do my business and get the heck out of here. But it seemed like wherever we walked and Gettysburg does a lot of ghost tours um, where they're wearing period clothing and taking around with the lamp at night, um, the candlelit lamp and walking around to tell you all the different areas that are haunted and stuff like that. But um, I didn't know that that was actually the place that they had seen. And it was funny because that was on um, Unsolved Mysteries as one of them. And I think we yeah. talked about unsolved mysteries, the last episode or something. Um, mm-hmm. but that was, that was that building. And, um, I only found out about it because, um, we were talking about it in the, the lobby of my hotel and they go, Oh yeah, that's the one that was on unsolved mysteries. And that's the one that had the funeral that the people saw with the extras. And then the extras even had extras because there was, um, a lady that was in a pickup truck and she's driving the extras back and some of the soldiers that she thought were extras didn't get out of the vehicle. Ooh. And then when she turned around as she's driving away, they're in the car or the, the back of the pickup, she turned around again and they were gone. So did she pick up hitchhikers from Civil War time? I don't know. Interesting. Did you ever go to the the Gettysburg College when you were there? No, we weren't. We didn't make it to that. Um, I do plan on going back. We're hoping actually to go back next um, this upcoming April. Ooh, nice. We are going to. Um, can Can we tag along? Yeah, come along. We are. We were hoping to go to Washington D.C. That was mm-hmm. really the main plan. Um, I wanted to check out some Smithsonian area and um, see the World War II. You Memorial need a stuff. week to go to the Smithsonian. You do. Yeah. It's ridiculously we do, big. Yep. Then we were going to do like a stop in Gettysburg and come back. Yeah. Well, Hoping we, we can make a big trip. We drove. That's kind of what we did the last time that we were there. We did the DC thing, mm-hmm. and then, but we were only there for like a day, day and a half. And you're right. You need well more than that. Um, and even with my kids, they went on the eighth grade field trip there for a week mm-hmm. they're like mom we missed so much but they're like while we were there we still missed a lot and we were there for you know four days um it's itinerary because i wanted to reenact his whole trip i think yes. it was so cool to see all that and they did some haunted stuff while they were out there too and oh my gosh it just seems so cool mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I was super jealous. I wanted to go with on that trip. <laughs> I highly recommend it because like the, what they did with our kids and I, I'm sure it's probably the same because it's usually the same tour groups that are in charge of it. And yeah. the school just rents them. Um, they start off now after 9-11 happened. Now they stop at Flight 93's um, memorial site. Mm. And which isn't that far away from Gettysburg. It's only like an hour away from Gettysburg. So they'll stop there. Um, and then they'll head on to Gettysburg and from Gettysburg, they spend like the afternoon at Gettysburg, um, and do some of the tour there. They just tour the battlefield though. They didn't really tour too much. At least our school didn't. Um, and then they traveled to DC and that's where they continue on with everything else. And then they did. Mount Vernon and um, Monticello, I want to say Which one of them did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like my daughter's was a little bit different than my son's when, when she did it versus when he did it, um, but not too much. And then they went to like the Pentagon and then the Smithsonian's, yeah. but they had to decide which, which museums they wanted to go to because they didn't have time to go to all of them. Um, so some of the kids, they decided they were going to go to one versus the other, which is fine. And then they went to the Washington Monument and they did the um, Vietnam Memorial. Uh-huh. And then they did some of the other memorials. Scotty actually went to the Washington, D.C. Cathedral, which he says he highly recommends people go see that. It's gorgeous. I said, well, you know, one thing I'm I'm upset that I didn't do when I was there is go to Georgetown. And go see the stairs from the exorcist. Oh, cool. That's what I'm upset. That would have been cool. But, eh, gotta go back. So, but yeah, we went to um, Gettysburg College and up in the turret, or not the turret, up in the um, tower, that's where they would see all of the battlefield and everything. But Uh the college itself, there was a story of um, women that were like my little kindergartner story was in the elevator. And they were trying to go down to, you know, the basement or whatever. And when they opened, when the door opened, which they thought was their stop to get out, they were on their way to step out of the elevator. And then they noticed that it was a Civil War hospital. There was a surgeon that was pleading for them to come and help. Um, They saw bodies all over the place, um, ligaments you know, or uh, limbs being um, taken uh, off the bodies, people screaming and stuff like that. And they're desperately pushing the button to try to get the door to close and it wouldn't close. Um, And it seemed like forever, but they said that they saw the entire Civil War hospital that was happening at that time. Finally, the doors closed and they went and they thought, what in the world did they just see? They go and get security, go back down to the floor, and there's nothing but file cabinets when they get there. Everything is gone. There's no hospital scene whatsoever. There's no blood all over the floor. There's no surgeon, you know, pleading for them to come and help. There's no screaming patients, nothing. Um, so even the college has its ghost stories. Mm-hmm. It, it was a cool looking college. It's a little, a little college, you know, just drive around it. Um, you know, I'd say it's probably as big as probably Parkside here in mm. Wisconsin. It's not that big, um, but it, it's, it was kind of cool. Just the history alone of it. So I love it. We got Gettysburg. We got Titanic. <laughs> we got Resurrection Mary. So I said that I had another story because um, we're, we're getting closer. Um, this one I, I was reading out of a book. It's supposed to be true at some point allegedly we'll go with that that's going to be our word for today is allegedly <laughs> and i'll have to figure that out in translation because i got to keep up for rich keep up for rich that's right that's <laughs> so the word of the night the word of the night allegedly hmm? so um this one's called nobody's hero um so this one is um the the uh guy is supposed to be flying around in an airplane the ghost ships have been long been a staple ingredient of the salty sea tales and ghost trains are uh, said to have been sighted on more than one abandoned railway line there you go brian but phantom planes are pretty rare it's a rarity so early in the morning of 
the 13th of June, 1993. So this is pretty recent within the last 30 years. Air traffic controls at John Wayne Airport in Orange County, south of Los Angeles. Sacramento. um, Was besieged by uh, calls about a pilot complaining that the private plane was invading their airspace uh, uh, and was in serious risk of both inbound and outgoing air traffic. Um, It's shrilling plane engine sent uh, three noise monitors in the red and annoyed the ground staff who noted its FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration number, so they could lodge a formal complaint. So the people in the that were living in exclusive properties by the airport um, also were getting angry. Like I said, he's doing these flyovers really close to their homes and, you know, kind of doing like the um, Tom Cruise Maverick doing the flyover, you know, and just being obnoxious. So they got angry. They started calling the authorities that morning to voice their their anger with the Maverick pilot who had been allowed to disrupt their breakfast, buzzing by their homes, performing aerobat, I can't even say it now, aerobatics, basically, you know, doing like the rolls and stuff like that. Stunts in the sky. Stunts in the sky. There you go. Too near to the residential area. In fact, he had been flying so low that several um, of the people that lived in the homes, the citizens themselves, noticed the FAA number painted on uh, the dis- the red distinctive fuselage, N21X. Within an hour, the registration owner had been identified. It was Donald Deke, in parentheses, a Slayton, a former Mercury astronaut. So we're talking NASA back in the day um, before the Challenger and all that. Um, who captain? Who was the captain of the 1975 Apollo mission? Um, the, uh, who was known to be an unstable appetite for speed. So he already had this reputation. So he's nobody's hero, but... Um, that morning, as his plane finally climbed in the clouds and faded in the from the radars, muttered curses and annoyance of all the trails uh, that he had uh, woken. It was only a damn nuisance. It was highly irresponsible stunt, and more than a few residents were determined to pursue their complaints through the FAA until they got results. It wasn't long enough or long uh, in coming two weeks later, a letter of, um, about Deke was approved and three weeks after was finally delivered to his wife, Bobby. So they, all these complaints, the FAA finally came up and they said, you know what, we're going to write this letter and we're going to talk to, um, the family about this and show that, you know, he's got to be more responsible. So the letter was delivered to Bobby only she wasn't his wife any longer. When she called the FAA to ask them if this was some sick joke that they thought they were playing, she made it very clear indeed that she was Deke's widow and that she was angry with a good reason. She had been with him that morning at his bedside, hundreds of miles away in Texas, as he lay dying from brain cancer. And no, no one else could have borrowed the plane as it was displayed in an aeronautical um, museum in Nevada on the day in question, stripped of its engines. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So you have a plane that is a spirit plane and a spirit pilot because he had passed away that morning and had to do one last hurrah as he went up into the sky and flew away. And never to be seen again. Cool. Interesting. Very interesting. So, <clears throat> yeah. That's cool. Well, we had some ghostly tales, um, a lot of true ones, and we're going to have to say goodbye. It's been sweet. It's been sorrow. It's Happy been a- Halloween. I was just going to say that. Happy Halloween. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please email us with your thoughts on this and any of our previous episodes. And if you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, 
Email us at supit at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wicked Darkness. 